Welcome to the Backrooms Podcast. Before we start the show, we just wanted to take a minute to thank all of our listeners for joining us on this new endeavor this year. Have a very Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy New Year. Follow along as we enter the next room. And as always, enjoy the show. As a preface to this discussion, if you sew sections of a tree together, can it grow? Actually, that's a really good question. Can it grow? Somebody yeah, search that. It's called grafting. Trees do that? Yeah. Trees do graft. Like you can graft. Like if you gr- you can graft. Um... What's the equation for that? No. <laughs> Anyways, I don't. Fuck. What is this? A Mobius loop? <laughs> back room hello everybody Hi. we are doing well thanks <laughs> <laughs> why are you looking at me <laughs> welcome to room five the fifth one yeah we've been we've been stuck here for five rooms um <laughs> i don't want to be here anymore <laughs> let me out today uh will be a a little more of a general topic a lot concerning. more abstract um, in in the sense of <clears throat> definition, so we simulation, recently, right? Yes. So, um, Forza Horizon Five came out recently. Um, another you know AAA title from Microsoft. Yeah, are phenomenal game. I fell in love with it immediately, but it brought up a a question in I don't think not only my head. I know I know Brian has been thinking about this as well with another release, but. Ha- Simulation games, or games that have lots of realism, re- realism or realistic elements to yeah. them. So, Brian, I know for me it was Forza Horizon and Forza Motorsport. What was the game that made you think of, the, of, of this of this question? Like, what is a simulation game? What 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 is the actual the difference? For for me. Um, I, I don't think it was any one game in particular. Um, the most recent example, I would say, is um, Battlefield 2042. But I think the gaming industry as a whole, or rather the demand within the gaming industry, has shifted more in the direction of, or, or more away from the direction of kind of simulation type games. But what do you, so when you say simulation, what do you mean? So the Wikipedia definition for um, for a simulation type game is are we citing our sources now. We are citing our a sources. diverse super category of video games generally designed to closely simulate real world activities. A simulation game attempts to copy various activities from real life in the form of a game for the purposes such as training, analysis, prediction, or simply entertainment. I could just go kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a simulation. <laughs> Well, okay, so I feel okay. So that's that's very. I feel like that's very specific, but still doesn't, you know, answer a lot. Like, how do you define a simulation? It's specifically ambiguous. So it's a it's a complicated topic. Um, I think if you look more at games from, take games that are coming out today, like modern gaming, um, stuff like Call of Duty, Battlefield, even Halo. Honestly. Um, and contrast them to games that were coming out in, say, the early 2000s. Even the late 2000s, really. 
um, stuff like SWAT, mm. the early Tom Clancy games, mm. Splinter Cell, Splinter Cell. Um, but can you can you define those games as sim games? Not all of them. No, there's no. not a hard line. No, no, no. I don't think with that. In well, terms of defining them. There, there is. So there, there's games like you know Microsoft Flight, Flight Simulator, Simulator that would be considered like a true simulation. Yeah. Um, you know, farming simulator, all all those kind of things that are really trying to sell an experience and the whole game Goat is simulator. built around. <laughs> I have one, and I've played it a lot. Euro Truck Simulator Two <laughs> is really good. I've, but, I've, it but seems mundane. Yeah, but it's I, fun. So, but like Why? in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. But like if you go up to a truck driver, and I want to feel like. Uh, what it's like to be you. They will probably slap you. Please go be a truck driver. <laughs> like we need them right now. <laughs> I, I have clients who are truck drivers, right? They drive from uh, New York to California to Texas, Louisiana, all across the US. And they seem to be content with life. So maybe there is something about these simulators that help us get a glimpse not only on, you know, the harshness, <clears throat> but maybe even some of the, the lightness. I think um, the the problem that we're having right now is, like, the confusion that we're having is we're thinking of games as, like, a clear-cut, like, oh, yeah. there's arcade games and there's simulation games. I think it's more of a spectrum where... That's why I said there's not a hard line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a fuzzy line. You're right. It's very fuzzy. You're right, you're right. Fuzzy wuzzy um, was a bear. I misheard you, I guess. Oh, I thought you said okay. there was a hard line. <laughs> fuzzy wuzzy Battlefield had no hard hair. Line. No. We're never talking about Battlefield Hardline. We're going to talk a lot about Battlefield. No, we're not. No, no. Well, Battlefield, yes. Battlefield, Battlefield yes. Hardline? No, 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 no. no. It was like but, an expansion. It should have been an expansion. Well, I think I think um, no, that's no. that's a good example of kind of like an early example of when that shift kind of started to happen within the that franchise particularly. But like I said, I think um, the the the... What has been expected from these AAA gaming studios? Like, what what do people want to play? They don't... The average gamer, I would say, is not as interested today in games like, um, you know, the original Tom Clancy games or those super um, highly tactical kind of games or those strategy games like um, Total War, all, all those kinds of things. It's a niche market now. It's... I think, um, I think it's always been a niche market, though. though at least it, going into that, like Age of Empires and, and Civ, yeah. aren't like were were never played by the tens of millions of people. They're popular games. No, but I think but, they were more mainstream than they are now. It you know what it could be that with the rise of three D gaming that there was. Um, uh, a sense of discovery and exploration in like what games could do, what they were capable of, and how people could implement the different aspects of what we see as reality as games. Because we weren't, you didn't have the hardware or know how to, to do that in earlier days, nineties and eighties, really early gaming wasn't just wasn't a thing at all. Right, and that was became more prevalent in say like the two thousands up until you know. 2010 even now so i don't think that i don't think that that's that's that simulation style games have like gone by the wayside i think that i can element 
I'm sorry. No, go, go, go. I think that elements of realism or simulation of aspects of real life are now being better utilized to augment gameplay. Like, not to make something more realistic, but using them for the purposes of, of increasing enjoyment and engagement and... and um, Do you have a specific example? Well, yes. What do you what do you mean by you know emphasizing enjoyment? Because I mean that's 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 subjective. I mean, uh, I think what what one person finds more enjoyable. Like some people, we were just saying it's it it there's a niche market for those kinds of games because some people find those more simulation, uh, more realistic kind of experiences. They find more enjoyment out of that than something like. Overwatch or Fortnite or something that's like super off the walls kind of cartoonish or or loony. Um, well, when I say simulation or realism, I don't just mean in terms of how the game is played, but the mechanics of the game. Like small example of many many examples I could think of is the little weapon charm that you could have in Halo Infinite on oh. your gun. It's physically simulated. It's not an animation. It just flops around. I know, I and I just it. think, isn't it? That, that's just yeah, a cool it's little a cool touch. detail. It's using physics to simulate that. And it's, and real. it's not, yeah. It's it, real. It, and it's it just, not... it feels more, like it's it's a tangible thing. Okay. Uh, it, little bits like that. And uh, just on the topic of this game, the um, the flocks of birds and animals in the campaign just being, like, that, that's so useless in the game. Yeah. It doesn't oh, need yeah. to be there. It makes it feel but more... A, but yeah, it makes it feel more alive. Now, using realism and simulation to, to, to make a more engaging experience without adding in the complexity to the gameplay. Okay. I can, I can respect mm -hmm. that. So, I mean, I, t to me, like, I think of... When you, like, when, Brian, when you say, you know, it's a niche market, that's where I, I, would, I would have to ask the question. Companies like EA and um, 2K... They, most of their, as a company, most of their business comes from sport games. Mm -hmm. Those are those are simulation games in a sense, if you think about it. Yeah. Especially now, um, as as sports themselves have become more complex with you know the analytics and the management of the teams, they're placing that into the games. So yeah, those seen... those kind of modes are cool. The ones like where you you draft your own teams, yep. and I, like I'm not big on the sports games like that, but um, but I have seen like some mm -hmm. of those mechanics that they have in there. Those those uh, franchise modes, I yep. think they call them. It's really cool stuff. Yeah. The uh, if you've ever seen gameplay of like the more recent MMA games, mm -hmm. like one they look really nice, and the way the character movements and and interaction when they're not glitching out, which is absolutely fucking hilarious. It, that's using elements of realism. It's not just like Skyrim where I swing and it just passes through and I do <laughs> X amount of damage to an enemy. Yeah. And I think I think actually the um, UFC games are a good example of that. Yeah, they kind of get buggy sometimes when you start implementing gameplay and f physics simulation. Mm -hmm. But it's... It's important because you want it to... <clears throat> you want the, the, the player to feel like they're actually a part of the fight but not make it so that they have to be you know an mma fighter to enjoy it it's the same with like like a lot of people uh, a lot of young people who are in let's say university maybe they're in school and if they're a big sports player they tend to latch on to the sport that they play 
in video games as well. Like a basketball player in college or high school will play NBA 2K20 or 2K19, right? Not only because they want to, you know, enjoy basketball maybe when it's raining outside, but they want to feel like they're also part of an NBA team. So what you're saying is video games cause real-life violence? Yes. I thought we knew that. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I mean, I think... That that was sarcasm, just making sure people knew. It's usually the other way around, actually. Psychology. A lot of of psychology... uh, Psychology scientists. A lot of uh, psychologists. (laughs) Psychology (laughs) scientists. (laughs) Oh, God. It's the reason I see a psychologist, but a lot of psychologists, psychiatrists um, believe that our innate want for violence is what causes violent video games to be more popular. So they they tend to believe the opposite. A lot of people connection. use it as an outlet. But that's exactly. not that you, that's you, not saying it's inciting violence and right exactly exactly yeah. exactly. Well, I think it's interesting you say that because. Um, and maybe that spurs to um, the the that rise of kind of more arcade inspired titles because you you can't go out and you know shoot someone and not face repercussions for that right video games provide you an outlet to i'm just using that as an example Example, but you can do things in video games that you cannot do in real life be they illegal or just outright physically impossible Mm -hmm. they provide you an outlet to do things that you couldn't normally do and maybe that is the appeal for many of these people. Um, so what I want to do is I want to kind of tighten this up a little bit because I feel like we're kind of bouncing all over. What what really ins- what drove me to want to talk about this this week was um, playing the Battlefield 2042 beta. So what you, you've mentioned this before, and I, I think, have. I think I kind of understand where you're coming from. I can't describe it, though. Why does it feel different? I can tell you why it feels different. I can tell you exactly why it feels different, right? And in order to do that, I need to go... We need to take a step back... To the to the 16th century. To the... <laughs> <laughs> how, how every YouTube video essay starts. <laughs> no. Um, but take a look at games. The way games like Battlefield and Call of Duty used to be 10 years ago, okay. right? You had these faction shooters, right? China, oh, China versus, versus Russia US, versus USA, USA versus Japan versus Germany. You know what I mean? Right. Um, they were more interested in um, creating a setting or, or setting up a conflict between two superpowers, right? Not just where you look at Call of Duties now or really over the last five years or so. They've kind of leaned more towards that like Overwatch kind of style like the, uh, of like gameplay. The hero Black Ops Four, I think, is when it really is. I think when it started, Black Ops Four is when they probably introduced yeah. the operators. Not only did they introduce operators, but they all had unique gadgets as well. So right, it was more of a yeah. kind of a hero I think style. It was Black shooter. Ops Three that did that. I First. didn't play Black Ops 3. Honestly. I played I played it for like an hour and I hated it. <laughs> you, uh, I bought it be- because of you playing the zombies, which looked interesting. That really? Was when, yeah, that was that was a I, long time ago. I don't. That was remember. when I bought it because of the zombies. Anyway, that was. But anyways, <laughs> like you know, oh, this guy has a grapple shot. This guy has a deployable shield. This guy has cloaking. Right? You had all of these different operators that had different abilities that you could use, um, and. The problem for me with that, 
And the biggest problem that uh, Battlefield 2042 faces is it rips away the specialist system, rips away the core essence of what made a Battlefield game a Battlefield game. What they did is they introduced these, the operators or whatever, they're called non-patriots or non-patriated. Okay. So basically the the story of the game is that, um, the story, there's like a five minute cutscene or whatever before gameplay. There's no campaign. Okay. Um, basically it's set 20 something years in the future. Everything's in the future now. Well, it's actually, it builds off of Battlefield 4, and oh. some of the characters make a return, but um, it, the story's actually super engaging. It's like, what would happen if climate change ran its course mm-hmm. and destroyed, like, every major superpower, and really just left two main ones fighting for natural resources? Okay. So the non-patriated are men and women from all of these former superpowers that are now flocking to the two last remaining superpowers and are now fighting it out with each other over global re- whatever's left of the planet's right. resources. It's really interesting. There are so many issues with the the way the game is presented. I, I, I think looking at it through the lens of non-patriots is, is kind of makes it more sense. But the problem is they don't have unique operators. If they wanted to go that route, they didn't make unique operators for each side. So if I'm playing as Irish, I'm now playing as Irish. That guy next to me is playing as Irish on my team. The guy in the other the other army is also playing as Irish. Right. We're all the same person, all screaming so, out the same voice line. Yeah, so <laughs> it's just I feel like every totally game, uh, rips out the immersion of being a lone soldier. Not a lone soldier. A a soldier, a cog in the machine in a greater war. That's what made Battlefield feel so That's what the earlier unique Call of to Duty's other games. Kind of evoked was that you were just you were a, you were just a soldier in a large war where like the up from like Modern Warfare two and on, you was more like you were this badass, sort right? Of like, almost super soldier type. of Every person. game nowadays has to make you feel like this larger than life you know, walking superpower right. that can take on an entire army by themselves. And that's not what Battlefield was ever trying to be. I think I think where the disconnect lies is I think you were you were just about to touch upon it, is everyone's saying the same voice lines. Everyone's the same character. There's you know? tone inconsistencies as well. So you're saying a lack of um, uniqueness no. to the player? Because so, that, that, at least that, that's what that causes, having everybody right. feel the same. Angry Joe actually said it the best. He said, by removing classes and introducing the specialists, there is more freedom, less identity. And I thought that was brilliantly said. because I usually don't now, agree with him on a lot, but that, that makes sense. Now, all of a sudden, it, when you played a Battlefield game... You knew, just by looking at the members on your team... Who was the medic? That guy's a medic. That guy can put down ammo packs. That guy has a rocket launcher. Now it's like anybody can use any weapon and use any gadget. So you have no idea who the medic is. You have no idea who the hell can revive you. You have no idea who can shoot that helicopter down. So you're saying there's less... um, There's more individual freedom... And there's less tactical responsibility on the on 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 your teammates. There's less where, right. Yeah, where there's it's less more team effort. Everybody's doing whatever they want. Right. So if that's one of the 
if that's one of the reasons that that's the game feels less or, or more arcade like i'll say one last thing mm-hmm. and then we can we can right. talk about the whole thing as a whole but there's the the last thing that i think is really hurting this game is the lack of consistent tone delivery right so i just explained to you guys that the very dire situation that the planet is in in this game the weather doesn't affect it. The weather, you know, there is the the dynamic weather, which is really cool. But they they did this really weird thing where they recorded these super awkward voice lines <laughs> that play at the end of every match. Like, oh, here are the three MVPs from the match, and then the guy will roll will will like walk up and be like, "Well, well, well, that was fun." <laughs> I'm not bragging. I'm just that good. And it is like, Ugh. what? <laughs> this is disgusting. This is war. You're not supposed to be having a good time. Ki- what the hell? That's kind of like, I feel like that's the opposite of what Call of Duty Vanguard does with the announcer. Mm. The announcer in Vanguard sounds like... He's driving us back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the announcer in Vanguard sounds like he's trying too hard to be like a badass. Mm. Whereas... Flashbang over there. See that door? <laughs> Flashbang through the door. <laughs> See these two fence posts? Flashbang through the fence posts. <laughs> Fucking idiots. Um, I really wish in that instance where you have the the MVPs or whatever of the games in 2042, as you just described, that rather than saying those cheesy voice lines, that it was just a player-recorded voice line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Like, here's my cat. <laughs> I don't think you understand. There's a reason they don't let people make their own emblems in games but anymore. But this is about freedom and free choice and expression, isn't it? Uh, this isn't Halo. That's how you get penises and swastikas. <laughs> See, I think there's an interesting discussion to be had regarding, um, regarding that. Because at what point is player expression outweigh... Or, or player identity and expression whether or not they're the same or different, at what point does that outweigh the goal of what the game is trying to, to... Like, the tone that the game is trying to portray? So Battlefield absolutely makes sense where it's like, all right, they fucked this up because Battlefield was always you have your medic, you have your support, you have your scout, and you have your engineer. Mm-hmm. That's all gone. They completely did a 180 on that. Right. And they fucked it up because now you don't know wh- whose role is what. You have to... Especially on a game, you have to gamble. <laughs> like like if it was a if it was Halo like a Halo esque game, it was an arena shooter where you can communicate with your team to build your loadouts appropriately. Maybe a different story, but this you is, can't even do because the game doesn't have all chat. Ugh, there you go, even better. <laughs> so it's just like fuck you, just be what you want, have some fun. Like it, it kind of ruins the overall arching, arcing, arcing, arching oh, experience. <laughs> Um, overarching experience. Overarching experience. Thank you. Thank you. See, my favorite moments in Battlefield games were those, literally, I would just call them Battlefield moments, yeah. where... Well, a Battlefield moment could also be a helicopter doing no, no, an no, RKO. No, no, <laughs> Okay, those are Battlefield moments. And his name team. was John Cena. <laughs> and his name is John Cena. No, but... You know what I mean, like yeah. where you and your squad. Are oh my running god! Up you the can hill. see the you can see the front line, and there's a hunt. There's like twenty people on both sides, just kind of fighting for control mm-hmm. of this area. And then the tank rolls up over the hill, and the helicopter swoops across the screen. And it's like this is battlefield, mm-hmm. man. This is so cool. Being a- and I just never, 
got that from this game. I don't know if it's maybe that the maps are too big and everything is too spaced out. Well, see, I, but I don't think that's it. I just either. never got those moments from either the beta or the trial period that I played. I think what they did... What like I hate to say it like this, but I think they made it too. I mean, I think they made the gameplay, the moment-to-moment gameplay, too forgiving. So I always had in Battlefield Three and Four. Like I hated Battlefield Four because of a couple of the mechanic changes they did from Battlefield Three. I thought Battlefield Three is probably the best of the Battlefield games because there were they didn't give a lot of forgiveness in the gunplay. And in the um, difficulty of supporting your team, um, you couldn't just heal a guy. So in, bat- in Battlefield One and Five, you could just throw a med pack at a guy; he'll be healed. You could throw an ammo pack; he'll have ammo. Mm-hmm. The older Battlefield games, you had to put down the ammo pack; you had to stand over it for a period of time to get your ammo back. You couldn't just walk over it and get your ammo back. You're talking about Battlefield Three. Three, right? Right. Yeah. Well, they they did do that, right? Not in the newer ones. Oh, not in the newer ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in the older Everybody ones, they had those to... guns that could just shoot people and heal them. Yeah, exactly. Like they they start taking away Everybody's some of dark. the some of the intense moments that, mm-hmm. like, I once remember in Battlefield Three. I will vividly remember this because it's something I was do. <clears throat> some some guy had a um, M two forty, an LMG, and right next to him, he had an ammo pack. Just on the ground next to him, down a hallway, just fucking railing people with 150 round ba- uh, bags of ammo. Yeah, That's yeah, suppressive yeah. fire. That <clears throat> suppre- the guy was not even getting that many kills, but he had top score because of just the amount of fucking suppressive fire he had. Well, that's that's so asserting a sense. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's a good thing because just going by like kills isn't isn't indicative right. of how much you've contributed to the battle you're 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 create you're controlling that area that brings up another battlefield 2042 also does not have a scoreboard that's f- what so what yeah is... no they don't have do a scoreboard. You get, do you get a score uh no no not really so you can't you can't like in previous games you can't just pull up a list of every player in the game and be like oh this is the guy we should probably target because he's going like twenty and two, um, or this is the guy that we don't have to worry about because he's two and fifty six. That, so. that was usually Justin. <laughs> um, it, it's just you're you you're completely in the dark, and I think mm. they're going for like this more inclusive kind of. Um, I'm all for. I'm a hundred percent for. I think that's also like I don't want to say <clears> it <throat> because I don't want to sound insensitive. Right. But I think that's also where games, like shooter games specifically, so Call of Duty and Battlefield. So Battlefield went with this two superpowers against each other. It was in Battlefield. It was always Russia against the U.S. or China or China or yeah. or Japan. But when you're getting into more modern times, modern politics is much more complex than like even aside from the the memes. And we don't want to get into politics here. Are you going to go into battle uh, Call of Duty Vanguard? <laughs> I'm not even going to go into Vanguard. My team, enemy team. Yeah. Um, it's like, I, I understand why you don't want to piss off. Like, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the, the new Modern Warfare, pissed off a lot of people who lived um, in, the middle, uh, in the Middle East. In the Middle East, because there was a lot of stuff made for Western audiences. Yeah. And 
But I think Call of Duty has always been marketed. Call of Duty has always been like that. Towards Western Odyssey. Why do you think America is always like know, the I protagonist yes. of the story? And listen, you can debate whether or not that's fine or not. That's a different discussion. That's a different discussion entirely, but, yeah. So that's why I, I kind of understand why the big titles don't want to do that. You know, just make it my team, your team. Thankfully, games like Halo don't have to run into that. It's red versus blue. You know, they don't have to worry about politics. Um, or conflict. <laughs> you can, did you not hear that sentence? Oh, shit. <laughs> well, no, but see, you can't choose to be red or blue. You're always blue or you're always red, in the new, at least in the new mm. new Halo, with the uh, coding mm. system. I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, you could, uh, you could have games um, like Call of Duty and, and all those and, and just create a similar but semi-fictional world, like rather than, you know... Russia versus America. It could be like, I don't know, some continent like Oceania versus something. And you can just, you can have it be a realistic setting, but still be fictional. Yeah. And you could... Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Papua New Guinea. What if there's someone from there watching this podcast? I hope they are. I'm glad to have you shout, here. Shout out to our uh, listeners from Chile, actually. And Australia. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I don't... I don't know what time you're watching this, but or listening to this. You're not watching this. You can't see us, thankfully. What? Or can they? Or can they? I'm pretty hot. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I, I understand it. But at the same time, it, it can take away from that tone and that setting idea. Um, <clears throat> going into <clears throat> the other aspect, shooter games are not the only games that we can simulate. You know, there are games like Arma. And um, and whatnot. Which I know, is also a shooter. Which is also a shooter. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying like games like Arma. I know a game that you played when you were younger was uh, something called what? Close Combat. Close Combat First to Fight. This game was actually um, built off of a program that was used by the U.S. Marines as like a training program. Um, it's actually cool. Um, it's, it basically sets you into a fictional setting. The presentation of this game, don't make fun of me. No, I talk with my good. hands a lot. And he's making fun he's of doing, me. He's doing your hand motions. <laughs> hey. Hey. Um, it, the presentation for the game is super cool. Papua New Guinea. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, they put you in a fictional conflict in, uh, Beirut, um, where... There's like um, the Lebanese prime minister where, is taken where, out. Where is that? Beirut. Where is that? West. No. East. It depends which way you're looking. <laughs> it's the Middle East. It's not like left and right, where my left and your left it's are left two different things. Up. <laughs> well, I mean, there's east. Well, I mean, if you well, I if guess. you go east, you'll eventually get somewhere. You'll get back to where you were. Yeah. They're at this flat. They're at this flat. <laughs> so if you just stand on the side of the earth, you know. You it depends like, which side of the table you're on. <laughs> they'll just be like walking and then you just like... So like if the earth is flat, what's underneath it? <clears throat> we don't talk More about that. More earth. <laughs> we don't talk about that. Isn't it like a turtle or something? Or is it just... <laughs> no, it's uh, it's um, it's uh, it's uh, it's a Panasonic 3DO disc. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, no, earth is just one of those um, pillars in... Um, 
like like that build the rings in Halo, one of those hexagonal pillars. <laughs> we're, so yeah, we're one cry. small portion of a much larger yeah. structure. And like if you fall off the edge of Earth, it's not flat. You just in for infinity, you just go the down. The return to battlefield timer starts ticking. <laughs> Wow. Anyways, back to your close game. combat. Yeah. You were you were saying that uh, the presentation was it's very realistic. It's based <clears throat> off of an yes. actual military it's, simulator or it's, something. It, it um the presentation, like I said, is really cool. They basically um present the story to you through evening news broadcasts where they have these um military press that follow around the United States Marines through the conflicts that are going on in, in Beirut and the story is told to you by the news anchors. Right. <laughs> it's kind of really cool. Um, so the it's basically like your generic kind of civil war kind of right. story. You know, the Marines are being inserted into a very uh, unstable region of the Middle East <clears throat> to kind of restore uh, balance while the Lebanese prime minister is taken out of the country for medical for a medical emergency. Um, and all of these different, you know, militant groups and Syria insurgents and rebels and militia, they're all fighting for control. What year, what year did this game come out? This was um, 2006, I think. Oh, 2006. Wow. Yeah, it's not that old. It's an original Xbox title, but it is probably one of the more or one of the most um, tactically driven shooters I've ever played. Um, and that goes into, like, almost every aspect of the game. It goes into your <clears throat> troop movements. You basically play as the leader of a four-man fire team, and your the way that you move through these levels is accurate, or I assume is accurate, I'm not in the military, but is supposedly accurate to how real United States Marines would move through an urban engagement. They move through, like, these double-stacked columns. They don't mm -hmm. walk through the middle of the street. They walk right. on the sidewalks. They cover 360 degrees, mm -hmm. um, depending on whether you're in an inter intersection or They'll moving have up a staircase. Um, you can issue orders to your fire team, like suppressive fire. They use bounding overwatch to cover each other one at a time while they're moving to cover in open areas. Um, <clears throat> and it's so cool. And I feel like games today... Really, what I'm getting at with this conversation is I feel like games today have really driven themselves away from that almost micromanage kind of level of gameplay where you have all of these options at your disposal to handle a situation and it's more more bombastic. Who can get the most kills? Who can pull off the craziest stunts? Right. Who can do this and who can do that? So it it's, it's so much more fast-paced. I think Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege is a great oh, example, too. God. If you look at the way the game launched versus the way the game is today, it's like two totally different games. Yeah, it's now a sci-fi game. And it's much more popular now than it was when it launched. Yeah. So. Um, that's a way that... An extension of what you're saying is a way that a lot of games traditionally have extended game time and gameplay content and how much you could devote yourself to a game is by making things more complex and by adding micromanage um, aspects to a game. That's how, like, because that will make it take longer. It'll make it more difficult. It'll make you invest more time into the game to become good at it by making, rather than just being straight, uh, let's add continuous content, like story or, or more mechanics or 
um, other weapons or factions or whatever it is that you make the gameplay either more difficult or have more aspects to think about, and that extends how long it'll take you to take to, to play yeah. the game. So I... maybe games now are, don't focus as much on that because it's a lot about constant content. Right, right. I I think micromanage was not the right word to use. I know what you're trying to get at. I like there's 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 more, more stuff to keep on top of. There's more things to keep on top of, and there's more tools at your disposal i feel like almost well, like you can have your marines instead of just bounding into a room you can issue them to do a takedown right they'll stack up at the door and when you give the order depending on where you're standing they'll rush into the room take tactfully advantageous positions to get control of the room as quickly as possible you can order them to mount onto uh mounted guns uh turret emplacements um uh, stuff, technical, uh, technical turrets, all that kind of stuff. You can call in for sniper support, motors, airstrikes. There's a lot of different ways you can go about tackling these challenges. Okay, but now is that does that make it more of a of a sim? I think so. I to... it's it, you have to play so. the game in order to truly get a sense of what I'm talking about. So it, I but guess it, it it is definitely one of the more grounded military shooters i've ever played quote-unquote realistic quote-unquote realistic i mean you know yeah you can still get shot but and and then hold a to do first aid on somebody but so if one of your marines is downed you don't just you know leave him behind you have to stabilize him and then you have to call a corpsman to evac the body because you don't leave marines behind you have to make sure that he gets home and you don't just leave him for dead on the side of the street. Right. You know, it's, it's, not it's a those story. things that, like, you don't see in games anymore. If you're going to make the argument that, that games don't do those types of elements, don't implement those types of elements, I think the reason, the biggest reason is going to be accessibility for people. You want to, right. you want to make games, because the, the more complexity you introduce to a game, the more complexity that, that rests on the player, that just proportionally you're going to have a smaller audience that that's going to appeal to just right. let the the more broad the more accessible the at least easier that it is to yeah. introduce yourself to a game that you're going to have more people that are going to want to play it but that that which is the goal for most game studios and companies is to make well, but that supports my point that again demand in the gaming industry is leaning more towards these more accessible arcade style games i think it also depends on the genre they're more accessible to people yes i think i think it depends on the genre okay so i want to leave like i want to leave accessibility for a future video because i do want to that is something we want i i definitely want to talk about but i i I, it depends on the genre because i want like i want to go back to sport games okay so is a sport game going to be more enjoyable for someone if it's Mario Party Tennis or Mario Mar- Party Tennis? Mar- oh my god, Mario, Mario Tennis. Party tennis. Holy <laughs> shit. I'm having too many drugs these days. <laughs> um, is Mario Tennis more fun or is um, I don't know, Roger Federer's Tennis Simulator uh, more fun for um, the average person? And I, I think it's two completely separate markets. I don't think you know? Well, I think the average person is going to find out right after this ad break. <laughs> oh, God. We'll see you soon.
I still find it surprising you've never grafted anything. No, I don't have a calculator on. <laughs> oh my god. Um, <laughs> you know what's pretty cool? Those TI TI eighty or ninety five plus color calculators now. Ooh. Someone had that right at the end of um, right at the end of high school, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I know all the math teachers in high school were. Uh, what was that like? Fucking how many years ago? And they were like fanboying. It was at least um, seventy years ago. <clears throat> You'll never know how old we are. Anyway, what was I saying before the uh, ad interrupted us? You were talking Something. about gaming on TI-84 calculators. No, I, I don't think I was. <laughs> but, um... Oh, uh, so, okay, actually, yes, 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 I know... Forza. No, we were talking about sports, I think. Oh. Well, yeah. I guess Forza is a sport, motorsport, you know. Um, but the idea of, you know, the a realistic game, so Tiger Woods Golf versus Mario Golf, you know, um... Mario Strikers versus FIFA. It's a good game. Strikers, at least. It's a really good game. <laughs> you ever played Outlaw Golf? <laughs> Stop. Or how, about, how about Gun Golf? That one I haven't played. Golf with Friends. Golf with Friends is good. <laughs> Have you ever played the one on iOS where, like... Oh God, I forgot what it's called, but, like... <laughs> the guy is standing there in the golfing position, and if you swipe up, the ball stays in one place, but the guy... <laughs> Starts rolling across the courts. <laughs> you know that's called a, a gaffa stance. A gaffa stance. That's what that's yeah. called. Yeah. You know, I used to play golf, and I had I had no idea. Um, I just I just made that up right now. Oh fuck! <laughs> All right, this is why I don't believe everything on the internet or from your friend Justin. No. You guys know anyone by the name of Justin? If you, uh, if you believe what you say, then everybody else will too. Well, isn't that how politicians work? I, when I was training, when I was in classes to become an EMT, um, I had to do like a certain amount of hours in clinical rotations in a hospital setting. And it's very true that if you look and sound like you know what you're doing, you can go anywhere. Yeah. I walked all over the hospital and nobody questioned me because I just walked with confidence, even though yeah. I had no my, idea where I was. My old boss, Chris. He he embodied the believing what you're saying and everybody else will too because he would pull like the greatest long-term jokes. He would just keep <laughs> things going and you would never know and the payoff would just be so good. That's I like that. I like that. That's that's like a true community troll, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but <clears throat> but you were talking about the difference between game at least in say of a sports setting, games of doing the same sport. But doing it in very different ways. Yeah, so like you have you have Mario Tennis where you have like the, the, the Mario aspect of it. You have the Goombas walking across uh, and the fucking shy guys swatting the tennis ball away from you. And different character archetypes. Yeah, and different skills and abilities or whatever. Um, or you have a regular tennis. I don't think there are many, if any... If Wii Tennis counts, Wii Sports. <laughs> See, I couldn't tell if that was a serious <laughs> comment or not. I mean, does, is it is it other than the hands being small orbs? Does I mean, considering that like the way most people play Wii tennis is the way that we play real tennis. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Pretty accurate. <laughs> um, that but you know what? How about this? Let's let, let let's get into the meat of what I know Justin wants to talk about. Yeah, me and that is here. that is Forza. 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 It's pronounced Forza. Potatoes. No, we're on the fifth one. <laughs> we're on the fifth one? No, we're on the... Um, Forza Motorsport. Yeah. For, Forza is... I played the series for 
many, many years. I, I, I started with four and then went back to some of the older ones, but, but, um, that era is yeah motorsport yeah before horizon series was yeah horizon series was is Um, relatively new and forza while it is a realistic relatively um racer it's closer to like a i guess what some people would call a simcade where you, you do have a lot of the ability to change complex um, aspects of your car, tuning, um, re- the physical interactions of the cars and the way that they handle is is realistic. It's not as realistic as, say, other Assetto things. Assetto Corsa. Assetto Corsa, iRacing, R-Factor, things like that. Um, but I think that the Forza lineage of games, and it's probably the reason that it is now the most popular racing series. Is like, that true? Overall... I'm pretty sure, at least in terms of, like, sales numbers and popularity and just general media that I see, that, like, you know, it it overshadows now stuff like Need for Speed and Gran Turismo, which they really haven't made many games since, I think the last one was, was it Gran Turismo? Five? No, well, five was, uh, uh, no, was it six? That, that released right at the tail end of the PS3 era. Well, no, I could have sworn there was a Gran Turismo one, game that came they, out for the next, the new gen of consoles. For PS4. For PS4? Yeah. Um, GT? Grand Turismo? Uh, no. Sweet. It was some sport game. It was less like Forza and more like a racing game. Like, you, you, you choose, like, Grand Touring cars and stuff like that. But, anyways, Forza, I think, has striked the best balance now, between <clears throat> realism and i guess accessibility or approachability now when you say that are you talking more about the motorsport games or the, or horizon? the horizon because i remember when we were talking about the like topics for this episode i said what if we did horizon versus motorsport and you were kind of like Motorsport's not, like, the end-all, be-all of, like, simulation racer games. Like, there are games that are far more realistic. Yeah, like, when you go to the arcade and sit in that chair. Arctic Thunder! (laughs) Do you remember Um, that one? Stop. (laughs) At least now, yeah, Horizon embodies this a lot more. And it is much more of a general audience kind of game. Um, But Motorsport, to a degree, I think, less so. It's more, more niche. A lot of it is also it's like a showcase of the hardware for this for you know specifically for Xbox. But in terms of just a game, yeah, Horizon is the more accessible one and is the perfect balance of something that isn't as realistic but feels like it is. Motorsport. Uh, no, uh, Horizon. Horizon. Because you can you can draw like draw, going back to back between the games, they feel quite similar. You know, they're built with similar engine and technologies, but they're tuned differently. And they're tuned in a way that you don't feel a drastic difference in gameplay mechanics. See, But there is. But then you jump into a game like Grand Theft Auto, and it's like, oh, okay. There's the difference. (laughs) See, I always found the difference between... So, you know, Justin, uh, of the three of us, you have the most background with um, mechanical engineering. Or automotive. I should go with automotive engineering. Um, remember the go kart? Yeah, I do. From back when we were we. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
to me, I think you said it in a way that for me. So you're saying there, you can feel a difference. There is a difference between you're saying between Horizon and Horizon and Motorsport. You can. I think for the average person, they wouldn't feel as much of a difference. It would just be that the motorsport would maybe come across a little less forgiving in extreme circumstances. Okay. But otherwise, See, they feel similar. I feel a difference. I just don't know, like, what specifically it is. Well, the more That's a good thing. The more obvious thing is is just the setting. Well, yeah. You I, know, in, in motorsport, you're not jumping off of cliffs and, and well, racing course, down yeah. rivers like you that, are in That's Horizon. an interesting thing. You can't really tell. Like, if you went from need for speed to foes for force in motorsport, you could absolutely feel a difference and kind of tell. Like, <clears> when I turn, it feels like I'm on rails versus this. It turns like, and, I, and it, it doesn't turn at 180 miles an hour like a regular car wouldn't right um but between those two games it's much more difficult to tell because it's a lot of fine tuning it's making it still feel especially to the layman yes it's making it feel like this car has weight these cars are semi-realistic and it gives you even though the physical interactions are dampened and toned down in the horizon games which is the fruit which if we have not, if I have not explained, Forza Horizon, Forza is a racing series on Xbox. Forza Motorsport is the more race-oriented one on tracks. Track-oriented uh, versus yeah. free roam, versus a free roam. open world-esque. Kinda. Exactly. Yes. Horizon is the more open world, uh, general population. I would say title. So, in a game like, I, I would ask Brian this for ba- the battlefields as well. But I, I want to know, as someone who likes cars as well, but doesn't have the strong and deep understanding as you do, um, what liberties are taken with the Forza series versus games like... Like, I, uh, I've tried Assetto Corsa. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. Because... Does that mean I'm a bad driver? So, I don't know. It's I think it's two things. The Forza series, and again, more so Horizon, but generally the Forza series is going to um, dampen a lot of the re- effects, physical effects and reactions of your inputs and of the game. So, say a good example that you could probably notice going between the two series is um, interactions between cars when they collide mm. in Horizon versus in Motorsport. In Horizon, you hit... You know, oh, you're kind of pushed a little bit, whatever, you keep going. In motorsport, if you're hit, especially like, you know, the rear of your car, it's almost like a pit maneuver or something like that, it can, certain cars will get very upset and can lose stability and you may spin out or lose control. That is one thing that that Horizon dampens that effect, that reactionary physical effect, whether it's doing it because it's not applying as much force, it's dampening the force, or it affects how the tires, you know, maintain the contact patch on the ground, whatever the, however they're doing it, it dampens that that reaction. Hmm. Um, uh, another thing, like a specific instance with cars is in real life when you're driving and you're doing... Uh, say turning left and right and left and right and transitioning, you know, like going through like a, um, it's not a squiggle, but <laughs> <laughs> like a, a bunch so- of cones. Yeah, like what they call a slalom, um, or that type of uh, track, is that you're going to get a lot of weight transfer in your car. So the weight will move, so the the inertia will move from right to left to right to left. And in some cars, that can upset the car and you'll lose stability because the weight is being taken off and put onto different points of the car 
um, that effect uh, of weight transfer is dampened in Horizon. And so you won't get things like snap oversteer, where you will turn left and right and left and right, and as the weight transfers, it sort of tends to act like a pendulum, depending on the type of car, and and that can spin, can you can lose traction in like the rear of your car. Hmm. This is more prevalent for like rear-wheel drive cars, uh, and mid and rear engine cars. This will be a lot more prevalent with, but that is an effect that you don't feel nearly as much in Forza Horizon. Again, the effects are dampened, and the cars don't... The thing is, though, even though all of those real-life things are dampened, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel, feel like... A, yeah, it doesn't feel like a straight arcade game, like Need for Speed or Blur or any of the other ones that have come out in the last 10 to 20 years. So, how do, how do we take those ideas and put them into other genres? So, what were you going to ask me? I, that same there, There's question. one thing I do just want to... I want to address because I forgot to that you asked. And it was why when I play something like a Soto Corsa, can I not drive the car? It feels like shit. So because the two things, because the effects are not dampened, yes. that, that you have to react faster and there's more you have to account for. There's more variables you have to account for when you're driving your car. And two, the way that you interface with the game, which is going to be for most people, a controller does not give you as fine control That's true. as something, say, like a steering wheel. You have literally... You know, what, 30 degrees of motion and over, like, a one-inch um, space yeah, to move your thumb and control... Uh, no, I played a, a set of course on a mouse and keyboard. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Even less. That's just a binary left or right. <laughs> and, but, but that interface... So, the way that the player has control in the game, which is going to usually be through a controller, but the, the way that they interface with the game is going to affect how much... Um, fine control they have in the game. And that's going to affect how realistic you can make the game reasonably for right. your average player. I, see, I never even thought of it that way. Like, in, in an FPS, the interface of, through the controller, through a mouse and keyboard, what what feels better when it comes to realism? I never even thought of a question like that. Because um, what was that? V There's a VR CSGO game. Uh, Pavlov. Pavlov. I think... <clears throat> If VR is the future of video games, I think FPS games will, like, even on a competitive scale, I think will end up in VR. Like, arena shooters like Halo will end up in VR because of how well it, how good it feels, even for a game like that scale, on mm. a smaller scale, smaller budget and everything, and more early, feels better on that interface. Hell, look at um, Half-Life Alex. That that's was... that's a game that that so that a really good comparison on that note is Half-Life Alex and for people who know anything about VR or the way that these games are played Half-Life Alex and um and Boneworks Boneworks yeah they they're similar kind of games where they're they have a story and you sort of have freedom in the way that you maybe approach a problem the game may suggest things by placing items in certain places whatever but Boneworks is more open and leans much more into the the way that you physically interface with the world, where your character actually collides with things fully. You can grab on most surfaces and objects and climb things and clamber around. Half-Life Alex is a goes a little more onto the approachable side, where your your character doesn't physically like ragdoll collide, you know, well, right. like, like how a ragdoll would. Um, but you but a lot of the objects and things in the environment still physically move. Um, it, it, it's 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 on the other end of the spectrum where things are a little easier to interact and approach. 
without fucking up. Where in right. Boneworks is because everything is physically simulated that you kind of have to work within the confines of the game. Like realize, oh, my arm, if I try and swing and punch somebody, but there's like a wall there, my arm will hit the wall. And you don't really think about that because you don't have that sense of, oh, there's a wall. You don't have the physical sense of there's a wall. So you got to in your brain account for that. There's there's factors that when you try and simulate things that you run into other problems like right. that, where if you don't have, again, a sense of control or or other way, it, the limitations of the interface that you're using to play a game. Mm. So Interesting. That's very interesting. Sorry, I just like took the whole conversation. No, no, okay. no, no, <laughs> right, no, that's because I, I want to refer that question to you as well. Origi the original question I asked Justin was, you know, what liberties are taken in, in certain games that make them either feel or make them less simulated? So in Horizon and Forza Motorsport, I, I can make my Mini Cooper Countryman an off-road warrior that matches the, the, the ability of a fucking dune buggy. Mm -hmm. In real life, can I do that? Not to that extent, at least. Right. Not without significantly so, more modifications. And, I, to right, answer so. your question, I think going back to you know first-person shooters because that's my realm. Right. You know, that's right. my that's like what I play. Yeah. Well, um, you also I, City Skylines. City. I fucking love City Skylines. Now is so that actually, a, is that a sim game? Actually, City Skylines is a, actually a phenomenal example. I didn't even think about that, mm -hmm. but it is probably the most advanced city-building game on the market right now. Uh, period. Um, I found out an interesting thing about it, the game that after... Yeah, no, no, no. Um, it is... It, see, I grew up on games like SimCity, <laughs> right? And I used to, you know, I grew up with that bias. Like, you, oh, yeah, SimCity is the best. You also grew up with Diablo. I also grew up with Diablo. Take a shot. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> brother! Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's Moscato. You can't take shots mm. of Moscato. You can um, take shots of anything. Yeah. Anyways, um, but City Skylines, when I, I first played it on Xbox, right? And you'll be proud of me, actually, because I used to play it on Xbox, the, the Xbox One version, and it's very, it's caught up with all the DLC, but the problem is it's not as caught up with the content creator uh, portion of it that you get through the Steam edition mm. content so you talking about this workshop the content workshop right you don't get that when you play on xbox so you have all these different things that that different players have added to the shop that you can use there's Assets different mods that you can apply so that's like the one of the first games that i like actually applied mods to wow yeah you'd be proud of me <laughs> um, but regardless <laughs> it's such a i don't want to call it realistic game because there's nothing realistic about you know, zoning a plot of land and having five skyscrapers pop up in the span of like, so I think three days. That, that, <laughs> that, that does bring up an interesting point. But I think, but but there are <clears throat> a lot of different mechanics that that you have to. Um, it 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 is not a it's not a uh, GPU heavy type game. You know, it's not the best looking game on the market. That's okay. But it's very processor heavy. You need a decent processor to play the game because all of the AI is scripted. So you'll have all of the citizens in your city it's are simulated, simulated yeah. right? They Not have, scripted, simulated. They simulated, I'm sorry. 
they have lives. Like in Red Dead, okay. they'll live in an apartment, right? They will commute based on whichever public transit you've built into your city, right? Uh, Whether that's trains. Domestic issues, you know, all the nine years. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> no, the no, no. fuck? <laughs> well, there is. There's police, there's fire, there's ambulance, there's all so, that so stuff. So there, there's you literally can, like you could beat your wife. Like you people can, would be beating no. their wives. Maybe. <laughs> that's Maybe that's why the police are called. I don't know. Uh, okay. But there's public transit systems that you can set up throughout the city. There's buses, trains, right. planes, taxis, all that kind of stuff that you can set up. It's awesome. Um, but you can actually spectate the AI in the game, and they'll go like just watch from one their person's apartment. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go follow them, watch them get into their car, drive across the city to their job on the other end of the city, hang out there all day. Then go all the way back to their apartment at the end of the day. Huh. It's really cool. That is pretty cool. And when you think about that on the scale of like, let's say you have a much bigger city, like to the scale of like 100,000, 200,000 people, it's a lot for the mm. game to actually yeah. render all at once. That's interesting. Um, but it, it's it's really fun. <laughs> I love that game. I kind of want to check it out. I've it's, actually I've never played any of the city city, city building like uh, either city skylines. I definitely city. I definitely city recommend city. skylines over all the other ones. Okay, for sure. I never even did like the roller coaster tycoon <clears throat> games. Oh, that one little um, piece of information I found out, which linked with uh, my current studies in school, is that um, apparently the the either traffic or people AI um, in like the base game, I don't know if this is still an issue, but have some difficulty navigating certain kinds of layouts for some reason. Yes. Um, and there's mods that have remedied that. I have some mods installed that allow you to micromanage intersections that way. So a lot of times what happens in the base game is you, let's say you have a three lane, <clears throat> a three lane road mm-hmm. and it comes to an intersection. A lot of the cars will tend to pile up in the same lane, mm. but there are mods that you can install where you can individually change the directions for each lane. So you can say, okay, this is not a turning lane. This is strictly a straight lane. This one you can go straight or make a right turn. This one is strictly a right turn, right? So that way the traffic will actually filter through your, mm. take advantage of the fact that you have a three-lane road instead of just piling I, up in yeah. one lane. I think part of the reason that that, <clears throat> that happened, or at least what I w- had seen, um, is that the game has a, I guess, had a, a, a poor implementation or non-implementation of uh, a pathfinding algorithm called A-Star, mm. which is, like, so ga- games in general, like, the way an AI finds itself to go somewhere is through pathfinding algorithms, right. and there's a lot of different ones. Um, the most prevalent and also used in stuff like um, GPS navigation is uh, is A-Star, and um, that had a bad implementation of it, which is why you'll get areas where every... Every AI will take the exact same path, not accounting for any other variables or other AI that are in the vicinity. So right. it will not try to find other paths <laughs> right. to to get to its destination or something like that. Just an interesting tidbit. That is interesting. But to answer your question, you asked um, what what, liberty? li- what liberties do some of these games take? <clears throat> Specifically, the more simulator focused type games. Think of games again, like Close Combat First to Fight. They have all these different elements that are more simulator-based, like not leaving your men behind, you have to call for a corpseman to evac your downed marines, there's this and that. Now, if you get shot, can you just press a button to heal yourself in real life? No. You would probably have to go see a doctor or a medic 
but is that fun? No. <laughs> so <laughs> not really. Yeah. There's the so, balance of of engagement and entertain <clears throat> entertainment and if you get, realism and management and like game management. Getting like, shot or, or or getting bitten by a tiger in Far Cry. And then using a stick to pull the bullet from the tiger's mouth out of your arm. Yeah. And then wrapping it up with gauze yeah. to get your health back. Or rather than like, oh, I gotta sit down, I gotta sit my character down for 30 minutes and do like forearm surgery or something like that. Which I guess if they were being realistic is what yeah. you would try and do. I don't know. Oh, but battle, that wouldn't be fun. Battlefield 1, would it be fun to deal with fucking like trench, trench gout, trench foot in the middle of the, the fucking battle? Like, no, that probably wouldn't be fun. Oh my god, put on your mask, the 1918 Spanish flu is ripping through the battlefield. There is one thing that I think elements of of realism or simulation provide in in general for games is a sense of dynamic and unique experiences especially when it comes to like physical um, um sorry physics simulation um there's like i can't even i can't even pin down an example but anything with physics like i don't know halo infinite with all a lot of the elements in the in the game that that move physically that that can collide with players or the things you can throw and move I around. I love the fusion coils. That's an example so that augment good. the experience and oh that'll explode and just the you know <laughs> it sends something into something else and it kills a guy like those dynamic experiences that it's not GTA San Andreas where I, I get hit and my character just does an animation to flatten on the ground you know it, or the GTA games with the ragdoll physics like yeah. the, it's funny and it's entertaining. The thing about Halo is that it, Halo has the way it's set up, it has always been a, a less realistic yeah. kind of shooter. But in the same way, it makes sense in lore, right? Well, in Call yeah, of okay. Duty, well, yeah. in Call of Duty, it doesn't make sense for you to take half a mag or, uh, uh, of bullets and then duck behind cover and get your health back. In Halo, you have your energy shield. So in lore, it kind and of you're makes a sense with that you armor. could you can that'll heal that you. will absorb <laughs> some damage, yeah. and then you can take cover, and your shields will regenerate. It makes it's more believable in a sense. I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. So it, it's not quite as jarring as just being like, oh yeah, I'm a fleshy boy. And I just took. You actually heal quicker in Call of Duty than you do in Halo. <laughs> I know. This is 400 years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> Fucking, I, at the at the end of the day, I know there's a lot of interpretation when it comes to what what liberties can be taken with uh, simulation or not. I know a big thing um, in game design is what direction does the developer want to take the game. At the end of the day, um, at like game developer conference uh, GDC. Um, a very common thread is you don't you, you want to guide a player through their experience, right? And either directly or indirectly. Either directly or indirectly. When you are discussing how realistic or how simulated, when you get into these genres like the sports games or like how much how much freedom do you want in shooting that uh, three pointer? Mm. You know how how hard should it be? How easy should it be? Right? Um, is it like uh, an algorithm, or is it like you have to actually be skillful? Do you have to hold the button for so long? How long should you hold it? 
That's actually a good point in terms of like um, trying to teach the player how the game mechanics may work. When you introduce more complexity, it makes it more difficult to to create you know um, ways for the game to again either directly or indirectly teach the player how the game works. Where a problem that a lot of um, uh, like RTS style games have, where there's a lot of micromanagement and a lot of factors you have to account for, that the tutorials all fucking suck and it's boring and tedious and takes a long time and that drives a lot of people who may be interested in it off from the game. So it's more difficult to try and teach a player while keeping them engaged when you add more complexity. So just cuz something you were bring up how do you how, you know how your how how does that take into account and how you know you engage the player. Right. So how much how much can you simulate before something breaks? something breaks you mean in terms of like game breaking enjoyment oh like in terms of your enjoy like 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 at what point do you say this is this is too much for me in Assetto Corsa it's I would not play that game on a controller I'll tell you that right now I don't even want to play it on a on a on a a wheel well that's like it's like uh driving in uh in in real life Death (sighs) Strand no well sorry racing in real life racing in real life people who have not done any kind of Road racing or even track racing. Or anything like that. You know, you don't realize that in, in say, like, in a racing game, you're going 80 miles an hour and you just, and it doesn't feel that fast and you just turn. You're like, why is my car not turning? You're going, you know, 80 fucking miles. Try going 80 miles an hour in your Corolla and just turning. It's not going to work. Car, cars have weight. But that's another thing that maybe some games don't do well is convey elements of the game like like Forza maybe not conveying the sense of speed. Actually Forza is probably better than most in conveying a sense of speed. I will say when I uh, I was playing the most recent Forza Motorsport is Forza Motorsport 7. Right? Yeah, the Motorsport series. Now, yeah, now the new Motorsport that's coming out is supposed to have more realistic features but still erring st- on the side of I can't wait. I can't uh, wait I, for I, it I either. Love the Motorsport series. But I got to say dr- driving an F1 car in Forza Motorsport Seven, is the mo- is more terrifying than like now, any any horror game imagine, I've played lately. Imagine doing that in real life, so that those cars really only work when you drive them at ten tenths. Like if you're not two two or three things that come up is for those really high performance formula vehicles. If you're not driving at an adequate speed, then, then then your car will not have enough downforce and you will not be able to corner as well. Right. You'll also the the temperature of your tires will not be able to maintain so you'll have less grip. So if you're driving it slow, you'll have less ability to to to, to actually navigate the course. Yeah. So you have to drive like, fast. I, I, and it, yeah, it's, it's terrifying. terrifying. <laughs> like I was I was sitting at my computer like, and I'm like, oh, let me do an F1 race. I haven't, I was doing the, the story mode in, in, not the story mode, like the campaign, like the, yeah. the, um, the World Cup that Forza Motorsport mm. has. And I'm up to like the second to last, um, like, tournament thing. And I'm like, oh, I haven't done an F1 race in this game yet. Let me do that. Biggest mistake. I was not prepared. I was not prepared. That first corner, I almost shit myself. Try and imagine what it takes to have that kind of reaction and... Um, I guess just balls to drive those cars for people who do that uh, in real life. Yeah, driving at 200 I, miles an hour, having to react that fast. I can't even imagine. I give so many props. The fact that people crash those cars and live, props to the fucking safety teams, man. Engineering, yeah, of that stuff is crazy. <clears throat> it absolutely it's is. Crazy. It's It's insane. But, um, so for me, like I said, Assetto Corsa, 
it, it, I don't know what about it specifically. I can't pinpoint down what it is that breaks the enjoyment for me. Is there like a point that you guys know that will end up breaking the enjoyment in certain games for you? Um, it's how much it how much skill I feel like I need to have to actually, um, I guess, perform well in the game or, or, or play the game to an adequate level. Um, which really can is a problem for simulation-specific games, but can extend to other games as well. For example, I absolutely suck at Rocket League, and that's not a simulation game at all, but I feel like I cannot operate the game well enough to actually find enjoyment out of the game. But that same issue is probably why like you may not I enjoy Settle yeah. Corsa, is because if it... I, I, I don't even have, like, a base level of enough skill to really, like, actually enjoy the game and, and work on to, say, improving myself. It's 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 not satisfying enough right. for whatever, you know, for whatever reason. People derive satisfaction in other in multiple ways. But, yeah, general. <laughs> um, yes, did you have something to say? Um, no, I was... Um... You you asked. I, um, I refer the question to you, Brian. No, you you asked what game where um, where does it break? Where does it break? I would say Death Stranding, <laughs> honestly. I know this is like the second time I've shit on it during this podcast. No, um, we can shit on it as much as we want. But is it fun to say, okay, stack all these packages up and run up this hill while balancing the packages, you know, with gravity on, while also being shot at? And, oh, no, you tripped on a rock and all your packages are falling down the hill. You have to go get back and, and pick up your packages. But they also fell into a river and now they're being carried mm. downstream. So you got to go get your packages. It's like, is that fun? Maybe to somebody. Nobody yeah. I know. Yeah. But <laughs> So I guess that's interesting, too. But I don't know. I mean, I can't say the frustration is what breaks it because I play... Some of my favorite games are Dark Souls, Sekiro. It's a different kind it's of di frustration. The frustration you get out of Dark Souls is more of a your brain being presented with a challenge and you failing to overcome that challenge, right? Right. And the satisfaction comes from when you finally do overcome that challenge. Okay. Right? The frustration you get from, oh, God, now I drop all my fucking packages. They're rolling down the hill. I have to go get them. It's just annoying. It's tedium. It's just, I, I, it's a different kind of frustration. It's, okay. It's not, it doesn't work the same way. It's not the a... the second example. Like, makes sense. Yeah, it's unnecessary tedium. But I don't think it's because oh, you you've been presented with a challenge and trying to overcome it. The thing that is satisfying and will keep you coming back to difficult situations like that is if you have a base level set of skills to understand how you think you can approach the problem with a game with games that are very difficult which comes with the territory of games that try and implement more realistic aspects you may not it may feel difficult and you're not succeeding but you may not know why you may not know why or you may not know how to fix it or how to get better like in a set of course i just like how how am I supposed to make this car work? Yeah. Like you understand? Oh, maybe I gotta turn in slightly here or modify the suspension here. Like you won't, you don't know how to approach the problem. With Dark Souls, you do. You understand just essentially kind of how the game functions. You'll learn how you 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 know how to like learn how the 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 move sets of a, of a given boss or encounter are going to play out, and you can formulate how you're gonna approach the problem. It may be difficult to uh, execute. Okay that that but you have an idea of how to approach the problem hmm. 
which I think then you you it, it incentivizes you to try and complete it because you think you understand the solution and the issue is either um, in execution or you know it, it's having those base level skills to, to problem solve in games that are simulation it that can be an issue. So would you say would you say in order for someone to enjoy like a true simulation game, they need to at least have a baseline. Absolutely. Of the okay, so yes, like well, that doesn't mean you have to. As, as long as that's presented. Yeah, and it doesn't mean you have to come in with that knowledge. Maybe some games don't do a good right. job of presenting it, and you kind of do. But, but uh, yes, absolutely. That that if you do not have the tools to appropriately understand how you're supposed to approach that. Like first to fight, when I played it as a kid, <laughs> I kind of ignore it provides you with a tutorial yeah. right not a a in-game tutorial a video tutorial right so me as a kid kind of just like kid with adhd on la- 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 didn't really pay attention to it and then used the, the go mechanic to order my marines into you know <laughs> situations in which they would pretty much get themselves killed and i struggled with the game as a right. kid because i didn't understand the tools and how the game was meant to be played when I was older and I went back and I played it for real and I played the game using the mechanics that the game teaches you how to use, then it was still challenging. I actually replayed it. I just said to you guys earlier that I replayed it a few weeks ago um, just to have it fresh in my mind. Yeah. It's a lot harder than I actually remember. I, it sounds a lot like, harder than I remember. It sounds like a really like it sounds like a true getting close to what these soldiers are actually facing. And I didn't play it on the hardest difficulty. The hardest difficulty is actually literally labeled simulation. Oh. And it's a practically like a one to two shot kill. Like you have to be on your game, making sure that you have 360 degrees of cover on your team or people are going to get killed if you right. do something stupid. Um, and I was too scared to play it on that difficulty, so I didn't. Think, <laughs> think of, uh, I think a good analogy is um, learning to, like, ride a bike. I didn't learn how to ride a bike till I was 16. Learning to ride a bike when you're, <laughs> when, right, when you're initially learning a skill like riding a bike, you're not thinking, you, you the primary thing that you're going to be thinking about is, is, you know, wh- how am I pushing my legs? What direction am I supposed to, like, try and keep myself up? Sort of just the base level of trying to maintain yourself on the bike. Now, when you eventually learn enough that those actions and that problem solving is done subconsciously, which means you could just ride the bike without thinking about it, then, say, like, you're going on a complex trail. Rather than thinking about how am I going to pedal? How am I going to keep myself upright? You're thinking, oh, maybe to approach this, I have to get gain more speed or break at this point. And that the more that you learn, the more the less you think about the base foundational knowledge and the more you can problem solve with the tools that you've now learned yeah. to, to actually do the activity or play a game, you know? That's yeah. true, yeah. I mean, when I first learned how to ride a bike, I could only turn left. <laughs> All roads lead to Rome. <laughs> and a, a thing that I found weirdly common is that pe- some people learning to drive, they can turn right but not make left turns very well, at least here in the United States, because we're, we're driving on the right side of the road. That making a right turn is significantly easier for some reason than making a left turn, I guess because you have to account for the distance and d- right. think trying to think about that while also thinking about how am I supposed to operate this large vehicle is difficult to do those two activities at once. So you're just like... Plus, the U.S. has just a shitty driving education system. That is a different issue, but yes. <laughs> we 
struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, But I, you know, I thank you for all the insights, Justin, on, on, you know, your, you know, your, 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 your verbose. He's a very erudite. What does that mean? (laughs) 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 That's a good one. Well, uh, on that well, note, on does that... anybody have anything else to contribute? Anything? Any closing notes, uh, ideas, things to say? If know? if you're slightly interested in cars, I think the Forza games are are, are phenomenal. Yeah, phenomenal they, balance. You do not have to have any complex knowledge, but they allow you. They allow you that if you do gain some of that knowledge or you want to learn that, it gives you the ability to do things like fine tuning the car and give mm-hmm. you options to change components and things, which is. A good balance. Listen, I can throw a V8 in a 1996 Mini Cooper. I don't know where that's fitting. That has to be in the back seat. And if you're slightly interested in guns... Don't play just, that game. Just, just go, go buy, buy a gun. A gun. <laughs> it's cheaper than a car. <laughs> well, on that note, it's a good thing there's no guns in the back rooms. No. Just At least that we found. That we found, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're only five rooms in. I'm sure there's probably going to be one or two down the road somewhere. Just echoes of our own inner thoughts, yeah. being outer thoughts. Outer thoughts. Sometimes our outer inner thoughts become our outer thoughts, and, and vice versa. You know. Yes. Um, <laughs> thank you for eating the water bottle. Um, thank you everybody for joining in and listening. Uh, this is Backrooms Podcast, and we will see you in, in the, the next, next room. Room six. I think I think that one went really well.